You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode number 26, and today we're joined by the beautiful Kayla Jade. Kayla Jade is the mother, you could say, of the PCOS Bible. You can find her on Instagram. She was diagnosed with PCOS endometriosis after being on the pill for 10 years, something I can definitely relate to, and has learned how to make maintaining a diet and lifestyle very easy so she can support herself through her journey with PCOS. And now she teaches other women to do the same through one-on-one mentoring and helping them understand their bodies through the journey of PCOS so they can take back control of their body. Kayla, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome. Let's kick it off with a question um, that I ask all of our guests is what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you feeling? I'm currently on day 28 and I'm so glad that I checked this this morning before I came on because I'm, I do track my cycle, but I have days where I just don't check. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I think I'm on day like 28 and I'll be like way ahead or way before that. I'm like, okay, I need to check. So I did check. I'm on day 28. I am feeling pretty good. I've been going through a bit of like low level anxious vibes over the last few days. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it probably with my cycle, hopefully fingers crossed coming because I have been reducing my cycle length and it's around 35 days. So I'm hoping that it will be the same this month too. Um, but yeah, feeling overall pretty good, um, today after yesterday and the day before being a little bit anxious, but feeling good. Good. So you're in your inner autumn yes. and you said your cycle is normally 35 days long. Yeah, well, they have been for the past three months. So having PCOS, when I was diagnosed with PCOS, I was around 65 plus day cycles. Um, mm-hmm. And over the last um, nine, nine, 10 months, I've worked my way down to 35 day cycles. So that's getting really good. And I'm, yeah, really excited about that. Fantastic. You're bringing your body back to balance. Yeah. And you said you track your cycle. So how do you track your cycle? Yeah. So I do it in a very simple way. I have to be honest. I'm not, I don't do, you know, the whole basal body temperature and tracking properly, but I found the balance for me that works really good to just give me awareness of where I'm at in my cycle. So I just use an app and full disclaimer. I know that apps, you cannot predict ovulation. You cannot predict periods, but for me, it just gives me that check in of like what day I'm on and I enter my symptoms for how I feel. Um, and I do use um, my cervical fluid to help me gauge where I'm at. So the next step I'm really looking at doing, and I have been really considering over the past two weeks actually is basal body temperature tracking, but for using a tool that does it um, more consistently where you don't have to wake up at the same time every day. Cause I was doing that in the very beginning. I found that way too unrealistic. So I'm looking at doing that to make sure and confirm ovulation each month um, and give me a bit more peace of mind around that as well. Amazing. And I would love to know once you do that in the yeah. future, please come let me know. For Having sure. PCOS myself, I know different women can have a change in their body temperature and other women like don't. So that yeah. it'd be great to know you with you and your journey when you start doing that on the particular time or frame yep. or whatever you yep. want to call it. I'd love to know how it goes for you. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I love learning about different women and how they track their cycle because some love using an app. I love teaching women how to use the, the actual printable tracker. It's kind of like a school project. And yeah, like yeah. School teacher. You get to like fill it all out and see it in front of you and really get to understand it. So 
Thank you for sharing. No All right, tell us how, what is PCOS? Let's start it off with that. Like what is PCOS? Yeah, so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome and it's essentially, an, it is genetic, you know, there is a genetic component to it, but it's also something that's influenced by diet and lifestyle and it's something that can be managed through diet and lifestyle as well. So it is, you know, an endocrine and metabolic condition. So it is a hormonal imbalance um, and it can also be caused from things like insulin resistance as well. So for me, um, I had to really, when I, once I was diagnosed, I had to really look into what my root cause was of my hormonal imbalances to help me start making changes that were going to help me better manage my symptoms and balance my hormones so I could get my cycle down to where it is now. Amazing. So tell us how you found out you had PCOS and your journey with your cycles. Let's take it right back to the beginning. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. When you started, started, I feel like it's going to be very similar to my story. Probably. Um, (laughs) But tell me like, how old were you when you started menstruating? What was your experience like when you started menstruating? And then let's process uh, proceed through because I know you were on the pill for a while mm-hmm. and being 28, you know, that's 18 years ago. So then add a little bit less and yeah, so go. Okay, let's go right back to my, you know, young teen The dawn of womanhood. The dawn of womanhood, (laughs) my goodness. I will never forget the day that it actually came. I was mortified because I was this girl who loved running around with the boys. Um, I was a gymnast, but I was definitely not a girly girl. And when it came, I was just like horrified. I was like, it's happened. Um, Now I'm like so glad when I get my period every month. I'm just like so excited. I like to tell everyone about it. But um. Yeah, going back then, I was 14 at the time um, when I got, I think I was about 14 and a half actually. Um, And for me, like I said, it was something that I was very uncomfortable with in the beginning. Um, And looking back, I think it was because coming from a family where I grew up with my dad being my sole carer, it wasn't something that was hugely discussed. Um, But, and, and I think when you're a teenager anyway, you know, it's not something you want to talk about either. Um, but for me, I, I definitely experienced painful periods. Um, and it's not till this time in my life now in the last 24 months, two years that I've realized that that wasn't normal. Um, but I was definitely suppressing the feelings that I was having around it and not communicating that with people around me, um, to get help because I thought it was just a part of getting my period. So I would suffer with a lot of pain. Um, I would go to school still. Um, I would have quite heavy bleeding. Um, and it was just, it was horrific really. Like looking back, it's quite, quite traumatizing to think about it. Um, but I, and I also through that time never did anything about tracking my cycle. I just kind of, you know, was glad when it came. Um, in that I wasn't pregnant, but not that I was sexually active until I was like nearly 18 anyway, but I was always just like scared. I was like, I need to have my period. So it came and I'd be like, okay, great. It's here, but not great because now it's really painful. I love um, that you said that. Sorry to cut you off yeah, no, about right. the, um, there's memes that go around. And for those who've listened to the podcast episode about my, um, me and my period whilst I was traveling and traveling with your period. It's just that even if you haven't been having sex to fall pregnant and then your period doesn't come, you're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I'm totally pregnant. Oh my God, there's, I'm, I'm having a baby. Holy shit, I'm not ready to have a baby. And totally. you're like, hang on a second, that actually literally could not have happened. Yeah. But 
it's isn't it funny the game the mind the mind. oh my goodness i know yeah. i literally was just like yeah a walking scared person and falling pregnant without even having any kind of sex so yeah so i um yeah i went from around yeah 14 and a half till i was um almost 18 i was around probably 17 and a half and then i went on the pill and i didn't go on the pill because i had painful periods or anything like that because no one had really asked me about my periods um i.e doctors like had never really asked me my parents didn't ask me it was more just like you know, Kayla gets really moody when she has a period. And I kind of had this thing drummed into me that I was quite a moody, emotional person. And it's, I, it's so, I'm so grateful now to have gone through what I've gone through having this diagnosis, just because it's opened my eyes up to no, I'm, that's not me as a person and it's my hormones and it's normal and natural to have times of your month where you go through those kinds of feelings and that's totally okay. But yeah, at the time I was definitely this moody 17 year old or whatever age I was, um, and I went and I went on the pill um, just for contraception. So I met my boyfriend, and my parents were like, "Right, going on the pill." So I went on the pill. Um, no questions asked by the doctor um, as to yeah how my cycles were. No um, explanation of you know any kind of um, side effects of the pill. More just like read the pamphlet. Um, and honestly, I never questioned anything of it because I was just like, this is what you do if you don't want to get pregnant. You just go on the pill. So I went on the pill. Um, I was on the pill until, yeah, 10 years, um, for 10 years until I was 28. Uh, sorry, not until I was 28. Actually, I'm 28 now. It was until I was 27. Um, and during that time, I had a bit of a moment where it was probably I was around 21, 22. And I was like, oh, my body needs a detox. I need to go off the pill just randomly. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go off for a month or two or three and see how I go. And I remember I came off the pill um, and I, I had a period and it was so, so painful. And I went straight back on the pill. Cause I was like, this is crap. I'm going back on the pill. Like I didn't have painful periods when I was on the pill. Also little did I know at the time that my pill, uh, my period was not a period when I was on the pill. Like that was mind blowing in itself. Yeah. yeah. Like just a withdrawal bleed from the synthetic hormones of the pill, which makes so much sense when you have that knowledge. But being that teenager that wasn't informed, I didn't know that. Um, so I was just like, yep, I'm going back on the pill. So I went back on the pill. Um, and something I always experienced on the pill was nausea. So I didn't even link the two together until I decided to come off the pill. Um, it was just this, I would just go through days where I was just like, I was fine, like mood energy wise, fine, but I would just feel sick. Like I was it was, and it was crippling at times. Like I would be having a really great time out with my boyfriend or I'd be with my friends and I'd be like, Oh, I feel so sick. And I, it was just like the constant sickness. And my, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he always says, now I told you it was the pill the whole time, but obviously I don't like to tell him that he was right. Um, but it was, and I, so I came off the pill when I was yeah 27, I'll just turn 27. Um, it was yeah nearly two years ago now. Um, and I, I did that because I was questioning the sickness, but I was also questioning whether it was right for me and whether it was going to be interfering with my ability to have babies and to, you know, have a proper cycle because I had women around me, good friends of mine that were struggling with infertility. And I started questioning, questioning it. And I also started tuning more in with myself. I feel like something happened when I turned 25 and I just like was more awakened as to me as a woman. And I was like, yeah, I can feel things in my body and I'm thinking more about myself and my health. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try going off the pill. And I went to the doctor and she was really great. But she, when I asked her about it, she was like, no, the pill's totally safe. Like you can be on the pill forever. You just come have a baby when you want to have a baby. And I was like, okay, but something in me just didn't feel right. And I mentioned to her about the nausea and she's like, oh, well it could be, but we don't know unless you come off. 
And I have to say, I was really nervous to come off the pill because I'd been on it for contraception and I had no understanding of how else to prevent it other than condoms, obviously, but I was so scared of falling pregnant. I was just so scared to come off the pill. So I had to sit down with my husband and have a conversation around whether that was the right thing for us. And we both were like petrified to be honest. (laughs) Um, But I knew that I couldn't keep living the way I was feeling very sick all the time, but also with that doubt that it might be causing me some issues with fertility later on in life. So I came off the pill and literally within a week, I did not have that sickness. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, and I started feeling sensations in my body that I hadn't felt before. Like, honestly, I don't even remember having some of the sensations I felt like, yeah, it was amazing. Um, but what was really hard after that was I didn't get a period for nearly nine months or nine months essentially. Um, and in that time I was going through crazy emotional ups and downs and yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I felt like a complete mess. Like I felt so out of control and I kept going back to the doctor every couple of months being like, it hasn't come yet. Is there something wrong with me? Something doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm just going to blow a gasket all the time. Like there's something not right. I'm going to rip everyone's head off. What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And she was like, no, you know, it can take up to 12 months to get a cycle back. A lot of women experience that. Um, And one of my best friends who has PCOS um, kept saying to me, Kayla, it could be something else. Go and see my naturopath. And I was never really someone before then to have seen a naturopath or look at like the holistic sort of natural road. And I was like, "Mm," kind of fobbed it off. Didn't really think too much of it. But six months in with no period, I was like, right, I need to go to the naturopath. So um, went to the naturopath and she really opened my eyes up to what had been going on with my hormones in the years that I was on the pill. And essentially everything was being flatlined and everything was being suppressed. So obviously it was going to take time for my body to produce those hormones again, but also you know, there was my liver that was being impacted and nutrients being depleted. And so I I needed to support my body. So she helped me to understand some supplements that I could start taking to support that process. And a few months later, I did get a period, but it it was worse than my, than those other painful periods I could ever remember as a, as a teenager. It was horrific. The week before I was in so much pain, I was in bed the day of it. Um, and then following that, um, I didn't get another period for another two months. I was on like 65 day cycles. Um, I was going back to the doctor still because I was like, there's something not right. Like my intuition was just telling me there's something wasn't right in my body. So I kept going back to different GPs. I was also still seeing the naturopath, but kind of just doing the supplement thing on my own that she had told me. I hadn't fully invested in that because for me, I was still had that ingrained belief that, you know, you trust your doctor, you go with your doctor. Um, but the doctors weren't serving me either. I remember I sat in front of one particular GP and I literally could have slapped him and it had nothing to do with my hormones. And I'm not an aggressive person either, but I did it. I nearly wanted to because I sat there. I said to him, like, I've been having these 55 to 65 day cycles now since coming off the pill and it, it, something's not right. He said to me, well, you know, a, a 55 to 65 day cycle, if that's happening for you each time, that's regular for you. And I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, are you for real? Like, how did you, how can you even say that? And he had no other answer. He's like, well, that just might be good for you. Like, you know, you, you're still get, you're still getting a period. Um, we'll just leave it there. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just going to get up and leave. So I just like stood up and walked out the office and never went back there. Um, 
But thankfully, I did get put onto another GP who was a female doctor who was very much open to listening to what I had going on. And I also did have the support of my naturopath sort of, you know, helping me question more about what was going on with my hormones and suggesting certain things to get tested. So I went and got that done. Um, I went and had like a full full blood work done with hormone levels and on the particular days in my cycle. And I also went and had an ultrasound. And the ultrasound for me, you know, with with having PCOS, if anyone is listening and you've been diagnosed with PCOS and you've been diagnosed just on an ultrasound, like please go and make sure you have blood work done as well. I'm not saying that you can go just by an ultrasound, but for me, the moment that I had that ultrasound, I will never forget because of what the technician said and the way she said it. Um, she was like, Oh, I'm just going to stop here. And I'm just going to scan this over again. There's something I can see. And in that moment, like my heart sank, like I was like, Oh my God, am I never going to be able to have babies? I knew it. There was a pill like, and all these things are racing through my head. Um, but what it turned out to be was that I had polycystic ovaries and what that essentially is, is multiple follicles on your ovaries. So they're not cysts and the name in itself is quite confusing in that way. And I know many women that I've spoken to get confused by that, but it's the multiple follicles and every woman produces follicles every cycle. That's natural. That's normal. But when you have PCOS, you have this overproduction essentially, and you have too many follicles and some of them don't mature and you don't have an egg. And then you have these cycles where you're not ovulating. Um, so I had many, many follicles on each of my um, ovaries. They were enlarged. Um, and, you know, that was when the doctors really, this particular female doctor started to really listen to me a little bit more and go, okay, well, maybe, you know, your symptoms are valid that you're saying. And we got the blood work back as well. Um, and that confirmed that with where my hormones were at, that it was indicating PCOS. So that then led to me... Um, going to a gynecologist to get an official diagnosis. And in the same time, I was also discussing endometriosis with the doctor and the gynecologist because of my painful periods, because painful periods aren't normal. They are common. Um, <laughs> yeah. Too common. Oh, too common. Too common. But, but not yeah, normal. Not normal. And again, like if I could tell that to my teenage self, I wish I could because I probably would have spoken up then and not suffered for so long. Um, even though it was only a few years before I went on the pill, it felt like hell. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the pain I was experiencing wasn't normal. Um, I was getting pain before my cycle came, pain during intercourse. Um, and the, the pain that was crippling me to have to take, to take pain relief and be in bed for a day, like that's not normal. So that was being questioned as well, whether I had endometriosis. So I went to this gynecologist and um, he said to me, he confirmed the PCOS diagnosis, but he did sit there and also say to me, you know, PCOS isn't, um, you don't have the traditional PCOS diagnosis. It's, it's more normally women who are overweight. And for any of the listeners there, like I'm just a pretty standard body weight. Like I fit into. Um, hello. Me too. I, I have PCOS. Yeah. I, oh, I, oh, you would totally be. You might look fit and healthy from the outside. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that that's what's going on on the inside. Totally. Yeah. So he said to me, you know, you don't fit the normal brief. What we would normally say is go and lose weight and we'd put you on the pill. Um, and yeah, so he's like, he didn't really have an answer for me to be 100% honest. And that for me was really hard because this is going back to just January this year. And I was really at the rock bottom. So with for those symptoms. listening, that's only nine months ago. Yes. Nine months ago. Yeah. Um, and I was really at the rock bottom with all of my symptoms. Like it was impacting my life. It was impacting my relationships. I was having not only these lengthy cycles, but I was having intense anxiety. I was having mood swings that were, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, having mood issues or not mood issues. So having emotions during certain times of your cycle is normal, but these mood swings were uncontrollable. 
Um, I was highly irritable. I was having intense cravings where I just could not get satisfied. I was just turning into this like hormonal mess, essentially. Um, you were. I was, <laughs> I was. I was. I was. I was. I, I like to I like to say that there is an alien in my body. Get oh, it out. Like, yes. get it out. I, it's making me do these things. I don't want to do them, but just get it the F out. Yeah, that's exactly, it's exactly what it was like. Mm. And to have the gynecologist say to me, you know, this is what we would normally recommend, but for you, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, there's not a lot of research. We don't really have any answers for you. But what I can do for you is tell you to go back on the birth control whether it be via pill he was actually recommending the marina because he's like well we could essentially take your cycle away so you won't have the painful periods um and he said you know with endometriosis to diagnose that you need to have a laparoscopy and for anyone that doesn't know that's essentially just a surgery where they go inside you and check for fibroids cut out anything that's in there and clean you up it was his words um and he said but if you don't want to do that now you could just come back when you're ready to have a baby we'll take the marina out we'll do the laparoscopy clean you up and give you some um drugs so that you can fall pregnant that way We'll service the car when you're ready and then you'll be ready to drive away. Oh my gosh. I love that analogy so much. <laughs> yes. I have so many, but everyone who listens to this podcast knows yeah. or some of my programs knows I have so many random analogies. Oh, that one is not random. That is so well put. Um, but yeah, so for me to be sitting there, the, the emotional mess that I already was and to be so conflicted because I knew that I couldn't keep living the way I was, but I didn't not want to go back on any kind of hormonal birth control because I knew that it wasn't going to fix my problem. I was like, what do I do? And I just remember my husband, he was so supportive. He sat there and he was questioning the doctor more than I was. And I was just sitting there kind of just, it almost was like an out-of-body experience. I was like, is this happening? Like I have no choice now because I don't want to keep feeling like this. And I ended up just leaving and I sat in the car and just bawled my eyes out. And I just said that to Troy, my husband, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't want to go back on the pill, but I can't keep doing this. I can't keep living like this. And he was actually one who said to me, go back to the naturopath, go and check back in with your naturopath. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll do that. And shout out to anyone who listens from the Gold Coast. My naturopath is Tanya Goldie. She is amazing. Go and check her out. Um, so I went back to Tanya and thankfully she had an appointment the next day. So I only had to be that sobbing mess for about 24 hours. <laughs> um, and I sat down in front of her and she really gave me the hope that I needed in that moment to know that that wasn't my only answer going back on any kind of hormone and birth control. And also that PCOS, having that diagnosis didn't define me. It wasn't a diagnosis of infertility and it didn't, although I had the label, it didn't mean anything really, you know, and for me, I still don't carry that diagnosis as a label, but what it did give me was validation because I had been seeing doctors for so long and not having any getting any answers and then saying to me I was normal and I was like, but I'm not because I'm having all these crazy symptoms. And they were like, they're normal. They're normal for women. But having them go, right, this is what you've got. That gave me a lot of validation. So I think mm. for a lot of women, sometimes just getting an answer helps. And for me, I was like, right, I have this answer, but now I need to do something. Like, what can I do? So that was where my naturopath said to me, okay, you can do things. You're going to have to make some diet and lifestyle changes and I have to say, like, for me, I'm a very, I've always been a healthy person. I've loved health and fitness. I grew up as a gymnast. I was always active. I was always into healthy eating and learning about food. So I kind of took that as a bit of a shock. I was like, I'm already eating so healthy. Like what, and she, what do I need to do? And she said, you know, and I, I think I always felt a bit of guilt. I was like, what have I been doing wrong? But she was like, it's not that you've been doing anything wrong. Your diet has essentially, and your lifestyle has essentially helped keep your symptoms at bay. And even though you're experiencing these symptoms now, imagine how much worse they would be if you weren't being active and if you weren't choosing the right foods and that kind of thing. So 
that helped. But yeah, it was really around then making some more changes that were more specific to the hormonal imbalances I was experiencing and the symptoms I was experiencing to help me move forward. So that's kind of my story up until January this year. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I've just been writing down lots of things. Um, I just want to mention what you said about there being other options. I recently Mm. spoke about this at the well women retreat that I run that people only know what they know. Mm. And I'll just, for our listeners, I'll share an example via lawyers. If you go to a family lawyer about industrial or commercial law, they're not going to be able to help you. They can only give you guidance or support based on what they know. Now, does that mean that they're not a good lawyer? No, it does not mean that they're not a good lawyer. It just means they only know what they went to learn. And when it comes to the medical industry and the health industry at large, is that physios know physio amazingly. Chiros know chiropractic amazingly. Acupuncturists know acupuncture amazingly. And does that mean that one is better than the other? No, they're completely different playing fields. And it's a really important thing to have a team of support. So you might have a doctor. You might have a naturopath, you might have a coach, you might have an acupuncturist. They all offer different things that as a community, like a community, I can't even get this word out yeah. of my mind, but a communal connection that has, it's like a team. Mm-hmm. So you have your own support team and then you have your family and your friends who can be part of that team as well is never judge a doctor Um, because I think doctors are fantastic and I have a lot of personal friends who are doctors, but you can't judge a doctor for not knowing additional information. They only know what they know and what they know is amazing for what they studied. So don't judge them for that. And if you feel, and you're sitting in the doctor's um, surgery or room, patient room, and you feel, hang on a second, I feel like there's something more, trust that intuition and go further and look at other options to help you come to not a conclusion, but rather a point in your journey where you can like, okay, I've got this direction to go down, which is exactly what you did, Kayla, which I yeah. think is amazing. I actually love that you brought attention to that because I get through my Instagram and with the women that I work with a lot of questions about that. Like, why didn't my doctor tell me this? And I have to say for me, I was quite frustrated in the beginning too. But like you said, it's not that they aren't really great at what they do. They're just not the right person for you in that moment. And for me, I have my team, like I still work with my GP and my gynecologist and they are fully on board with and aware of what I'm doing. And I think that's so important because they do have their expertise and we will need them at some time. Like modern medicine has its place, but Mm -hmm. we just need the right tool for the right time in our lives as well. So yeah, I love that you brought attention to that. Yay. Well, thank you. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're welcome. Okay. I have a question for you now. Okay, shoot. When it comes to living with PCOS, now I've got my own intake on this having had or been diagnosed with PCOS four years ago and I know what I do, but you being a PCS queen, I guess you could say, in the sense that you run the start of the PCS Bible, what are some basic daily tips? Like what are your best daily guiding tips for women who currently have PCOS? And we're not labelling here, but have their bodies currently saying, oh, girlfriend, you got PCOS. And your response is like, oh, okay, what can I do to manage it? On a daily basis, what are like three to five like top things that women can do to help support them if they are experiencing PCOS? Yeah, for sure. I think 
that the best thing I can do is share from my experience what's worked really well for me and just want to say that, you know, it's really important to listen to each other's stories, but also know that what works for someone might not work for you and just taking it as information, you know, and just good knowledge and applying it in your life how you see fit. So some things that I do on a daily basis that have really helped me manage my symptoms better. And a lot of the women that I work with, they do something similar like this. um, And it tends to get really good results in just that, you know, it creates harmony in your life and it de-stresses you and you, you know, that's where we really set the foundation for balancing hormones. Um, The first thing that I would definitely do every single day is just check in with myself. And this is something I never did before being on the pill because I genuinely couldn't feel what was going on in my body. Whereas now, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll just lay there for a moment and be like, okay, how do I feel today? Like, how have I woken up? Have I woken up with a tight chest or have I woken up feeling really calm and happy? And then I make my first move based on how I feel. So I don't have this like perfect exercise routine I do every day or, you know, force myself to go out and do certain exercise. And that comes from a place where I used to do that. You know, I went through a time in my life where I was like, I need to exercise hard every day so I don't get fat. Like that was literally my sole purpose of life. And I've just realized now how much of an impact that has on my body on a hormonal level, you know? So definitely checking in um, would be my first tip and making your move on how you feel. So I'll just give it a bit, a bit of an example. If I wake up on a day where I have that tight chest, I know that I need to, sometimes I can sit with that and go, okay, what's happened that's made me feel like this. But what I've also realized is that sometimes that feeling can't be labeled and I just need to move on and move into something. So for me, that might look like, okay, if I was planning on going to the gym and doing a quite intense workout, because sometimes in my cycle, that feels really great. If that was that day, but I've woken up feeling that way, okay, maybe I just need to go for a walk today, or maybe I need to go do some yoga, or maybe I need to go and have a coffee with a friend and chat it out, you know? On the days where I feel really energetic, that'll be where I go to the gym or I get outside. I always get outside every day. That will probably be my next tip, get outside. <laughs> um, but but, um, but yeah, I would go to the gym um, uh, and I would yeah, be more active on those days. But when it comes to checking in as well, it like I said, it's really just tuning in with how you feel on, on a particular day and knowing that not every day you're going to feel the same. You know, for me, I used to think, okay, I'm going to have my week plan set out. I'm going to do this, 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 but really that should be a blueprint. And just tuning in and making adjustments where needed. My next thing would definitely be around sleep um, and setting a routine around sleep. So um, I love mornings. I love early mornings. Um, But what I realized lately is that if I get really into, I don't know, a book or my work or there's something I need to get done, sometimes I'll sacrifice going to bed at the right hour for me to get enough sleep to get that thing done. And then that impacts how I feel the next day. So I know for me, I need like around eight and a half to nine hours sleep. That's like my golden kind of hours of sleep anymore. And I feel really groggy and any less and I feel very fatigued. But finding that really good sleep routine and sticking to it as much as possible is super, super helpful because it gives me energy through the day. It helps with my cravings because my hormones that tell me when I'm hungry and when I'm full, are, you know, are really balanced because that happens when we sleep. So um, that would be my next tip is around sleep and making sure you're getting enough sleep every day and awesome. prioritizing sleep for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and or maybe I'll just stick to three because I could go on and on. Um, but I would say the next one would be definitely be around food. And it's not about eating a perfect diet. You know, it's about, again, tuning into your body and listening and going, okay, what foods make me feel really great and what ones don't. So a lot of the women that I mentor 
you know, they come to me and they've been like, I've been trying to eat this PCOS friendly diet, but I just feel horrible or it feels so restricting. And what I realized is that, you know, it shouldn't be about restriction. You know, there aren't rules and or there are rules. I think people think they see these diets as rules, but we should really use it again, just as knowledge and apply it to us and how we feel. So for me, I know that I function really well eating a lot of healthy fats with every meal and less carbohydrates, but not cutting out all carbs either. You know, I need some carbohydrates and I choose the carbs that make me feel good. So for me, that might look like, you know, a little bit of sweet potato instead of white potato because the white potato just makes me hungrier, you know, things like that. And I didn't know that until I tuned in. Um, So that was my next thing with food as well. I would just say, you know, not only choosing the foods that make you feel really good, but as much as you prioritize sleep, prioritize eating. You know, we need to eat frequently throughout the day so that we feel really nourished and we have really, we're giving our body the best opportunity to balance our hormones because if we're not eating enough throughout the day, not only are we going to end up with having crazy issues with our energy and with cravings because we'll end up craving, craving, craving things at night, our body goes into this state of stress. You know, it shuts everything down. It's like, I'm not getting fed enough. I'm going to store everything that whenever I get fed, I'm just going to store everything. Um, And it just creates an issue with cortisol. So I think for me, making sure that I prioritize food every day and I'm eating frequently throughout the day. And for me, and again, you know, it's different for everyone, but for me, what that looks like is having breakfast, a really full breakfast, and then a snack two to three hours later, lunch, a little snack again, two to three hours later, and then dinner. That is for me where I feel really satiated throughout the day. My blood sugar levels are really balanced and I feel really good. So yeah, that would be my top three things. Amazing. And as a bonus fourth one, we can throw in go outside, which is something yes, yes. all of our listeners already know that I do good. a lot of. Yeah. Um, and just on the food point, you make, yep. you make such a great point on the fact of eating throughout the day. Don't starve yourself. Yeah. And every day your food will be different. And this is, this comes back to the fact that we're cyclical beings as women and that in fact, with your menstrual cycle, there's different ways of eating of throughout each phase of your cycle, which is something Mm -hmm. that we teach in the well women program in depth, because when you can teach a woman how to let go of the restriction and how she can actually just eat based on how she's feeling and help her emotionally understand what emotional and sensual eating actually is and the reason behind eating, it changes your relationship with food. And that's one of the biggest gifts you can offer. So thanks for those little three points. Let's re- I'll just quickly recap them. Check-ins with yourself daily. Very easy to do. Make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep for you. Inc- like Include a good sleep routine and eat food that's nourishing for your body. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Kayla, we could talk about these topics forever, but we're pretty much out of time. Yeah. So I have a final question for you before we wrap up. Think back to your young menstruating self, that time when you got your period for the first time and you're like, oh my God, what is this thing? What are three guiding tips you would give to your young menstruating self that our listeners can think about and maybe wish they did too? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. What are three things that I would tell myself? Okay, so your I young, think your younger menstruating. My, my younger menstruating. Okay, so the first thing I would definitely tell myself is that it's a really important part of being a woman and being a human and, and being female, you know, and not to block that from me and not to resist it and to go with it, you know, that it's an essential part of me being a woman, you know, um, and not fighting it like I did and not resenting it. Um, that would be the first thing. The second thing would be speak up if you have pain, you know, 
speak to the other women around you, speak to your friends, whoever it might be. Um, yeah. And don't suffer in silence, you know, know that that's not normal to experience pain. And the last thing would be definitely learn your cycle, you know, tune in to your cycle and know that you don't have to just know your cycle when you're trying for a baby, you know, it's really important to know it right throughout your life. That would be my third thing. Amazing. Thank you so much. They're three really, really good points. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much, Kayla, for joining us for the Well Woman podcast. Tell our listeners how they can find you if they would like to connect with you and learn more about what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. So if anyone wants to find me, I'm on Instagram under at the PCOS Bible. I pretty much live on there in my stories. I share pretty much what I'm doing on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so you can find me there. I also have a Facebook group, which is the Online Sister Squad. It's a free Facebook group for women who have PCOS or just have hormonal imbalances that want to connect with other women. Um, but yeah, that's the best place to find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You're enjoy so the rest of your day. And for all of our listeners, please enjoy your day too. Remember to connect with yourself, get outside, get good sleep tonight and stay nourished. They're Kayla's tips. So make sure you check in with those. All right. Thanks so much, Kayla. Um, until next time, we'll be chatting with you soon. Amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 